And welcome to the 71st episode. 71st. Of the Big Dame Case. The 71th. Yes, indeed. The 71th nerd. I am Chris, aka Starscream's excuse for a coronation. <laughs> and I am your worst dream about going to school naked. Did you go to school naked in your dreams, or did you just like become naked? I went to school school naked in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Fair play. Fuck that. Swinton Um, is a feral town. It is is feral. It is feral. I never went to school naked. You never went to school. Came home one clothes once, twice now. Um, (laughs) Oh god. Feral children stole all my clothes. Oh, evil, evil beings. Didn't even wear them. Burnt them for warmth. So that's the thing, you see. Oh, well, that's appropriate. I mean, bonfire night this weekend. So, yeah, it's bonfire night this weekend. Yeah. I mean, we're living in the shadow of Halloween. <laughs> All Hallows um, been and your, gone. How was your Halloween, Chris? What did you go to? You know what? For the first year in several years, I did nothing. I didn't really do anything, and it was kind of fine. Yeah, like I think that's yeah. maybe happened once every four Halloweens. Roughly, once I sort of don't do anything at once all. Once every four Halloweens. <laughs> Like last year, the was... demon sleeps. <laughs> the last couple of years, we had a big stream. Yeah. Uh, the year before, we had a big old party. Yeah. Uh, year before that, I think I had like a horror film night with my brother. It's just been kind of, it's been kind of quiet. Although, although on the night itself, I did finish my binge watch of something we're going to talk about later on. Okay. I wonder what that could be. He says, knowing full well it's the thumbnail and the title. Uh, so, um, no. um, <laughs> how about you? What did you do? Did you hide? No, I didn't really do anything. Hide I, behind a beanbag. I, I went to my parents, so I didn't have to answer the door to children with sweets. Did your parents have to answer the door to children with sweets? Yes. Is that how you got around having to answer the door with yes. children with sweets? <laughs> I had to go like twice. We didn't get lots. Lots of poor effort going in. Lots of tracksuits with a single mask. Yeah. Well, very, we, we, very, didn't, we didn't get that. Poor. But that is, that is, that is a thing. I remember that happening a lot when I was a kid. Poor showing, kids. Poor yeah. showing. Uh, Lou loves Halloween. To the point where I had to unpack a chunk of the shed the other day to find the Halloween decorations. Oh. All for them to be up for one night. Um, but this was also the first Halloween, I think, in a couple of years where she's been home. On yeah. the eve of, on the eve itself. Uh, so she was in like a skeleton onesie and... Baking Halloween cupcakes and handing out candy. And I was hiding up in the office doing, like, writing at eBay. Because I was like, if I open the door and a kid of the right age recognises me from TV stuff, they're going to keep coming back to the house. And that's no good. That's no good. You have to wear a mask, Christopher. Last year I was dressed as a ventriloquist doll because I was streaming. I was doing the Goosebumps stream. So that helped. Because when I came to the door, no one was really going like, oh, they were going, ah, you, you look weird, mate. What are you doing? Uh, speaking of ventriloquist dolls, we're going to touch on um, the latest instalment in a dead franchise as well. What? Which features a famous doll. Uh, we've also got a couple of trailers we're going to chinwag about this week. Yeah. And of course, a deep dive. We're going to dive deep. Into Stranger Things Season 2. Don't worry if you still haven't watched it all. We're going to be spoiler free for a bit. Then we'll give you a warning and we'll talk spoilers so uh, brace thine eyes and indeed ears. Yeah. But first, Matthew, what's 
What's on the contents pag? Well, as you mentioned, we're going to talk about a couple of trailers, but mm. unusually, we're going to talk about multiple trailers for the same film. Yeah. And do you know what my favourite part about this is? What? These trailers weren't online when I first saw them. They came out online the day after. I went to see oh, yes. I went to see Jigsaw last yes. Wednesday, I believe. Um, more on that in a moment. And before Jigsaw were five trailers. Trailers one, three, and five were trailers for the same movie. I was so surprised because I was like, I would have seen these. I mean, that's something happen. I'm a big fan of. That does happen quite a lot because. All movies are the same movie nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just so pleasantly surprising. And I, and I, I the trailers in question, because you can probably tell from the content, were for ghost stories. I tweeted Andy Nyman after the film just to say, uh, watch Jigsaw. It was fine, but was pleasantly surprised by the three ghost stories trailers before. And can't wait to see it. And he replied with, "Oh, thank you very much." Um, it was just, it was just, it was like to the point where I, I had to tweet. You know, the, the co-writer, co-director and star to be like, thanks for that. Because it was so surprising yeah, to just usually, see them in the cinema. They usually get released a good <laughs> couple of weeks before you start seeing them in the cinemas. If you still, if you see them in the cinemas at all, the last couple of movies I've been to see have both had that first proper Justice League trailer. Yeah, the dank and grimy San Diego yeah, one. Yeah, as opposed to the, you know, the newer ones and the, the, the original... Black Panther trailer as well is still is still playing quite widely despite there being a newer one out. But this was a Lionsgate film and, and Ghost Stories is being distributed by Lionsgate, so I guess you know it was going to be attached to the. And also, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna, you know, market a movie towards fans of horror movies, then what better movie to stick it in front of than the revival of a of a Halloween staple franchise? I mean, um, um, we won't go too deep in because as the the the. the Stage shows the play that this is based on says, "Please keep the secrets of ghost stories." Oh, we will keep the secrets. So of yeah, we won't go into it. When the film comes out, we'll do spoiler free and then spoiler section. Absolutely, because it'll, it'll almost feel like a shackle's been removed. They're like, "Oh my god, we can talk about we can the things talk inside about ghost stories." Um, because it really is as a, as a play, it's one that you are. It's completely beneficial if you know jack shit before you go in. I knew nothing, and I. Had- Enjoyed it, and I'd I'd seen quite it quite a bit. Three, I think me. I don't think I'd seen it my fourth time yet when you saw it, and like the restraint I had to exercise for a few years to just not go, oh, man, like seriously, this happens and that happens. And you never use restraint. No, I never use. Restraint. <laughs> if there's anything, if there's anything, <laughs> that, I'm saying that like, yeah, you're right. I am completely uncontrolled. There's anything <laughs> that as a person you lack. And, you know, there's not, you don't have many character flaws as people go. Bless your eyes. You're not, unlike 90% of, of the internet at the moment, you're not a sexual abuser. Um, for one thing. Uh, I'm like, an abuser and I am sexual. It's not, it's but not, I'm not both of them. It's not your only redeeming quality. Thanks. But um, <laughs> one thing you do not have. Is restraint. Yeah, that's yeah. That's true. You have an almost complete lack of restraint, and you you exercised it masterfully. I just I, but, but here, because you just get so gleeful. And here's the thing: I was tempted to tell you a little bit, simply because the play changes how it pulls off certain moments. Yeah, over time, even during the same run, so that repeat viewers 
don't know exactly what to expect. Which is quite smart. Yeah, there's like there's that, that sec- segment, the second story segment, for example, whereby there is a visual effect utilised. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the way it happened in the version we saw at the arts, it came from above, that visual effect. Um, sort of like a drop kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The first time I saw it, it came from the back of the central focus. The, that was the first time. The second time, it came from above. The third time, it sort of enveloped the central focus completely. Oh, okay. Interesting. This is what the, the, the opening segment, there is a moment at the end of the first story that is obviously a visual scare that's to make you go, oh my god, that's horrifying. That has been executed completely differently every time I've seen it. Oh my god! And, and it's just, it's very refreshing because it means that as a play... It also didn't want people who were like, oh, go on, I'll go see it again, to be like, I know what I'm in for. Do you think this is something that might suffer from being crystallised into film form? I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson had tweaked it to a degree that this was still... um, Though we'll obviously contain certain things that we're expecting, and it's from the trailers, it certainly looks like we are getting the three stories, one of them, Night Watchmen... On the scariest night of his life, watching over a building, one mm-hmm. of um, uh, a teenager on his way back from, I think it's on his way back from a house party in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And one from a, a very busy father-to-be who starts hearing strange things in his house. Um, it seems like all the stuff we're expecting is there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they tweak how it works. Yeah. So that it, it's still like, there will be some things that happen in the stage show that don't happen in this and vice versa. So it feels like a worthy alternative to watch these stories. Um, for those who don't know, the, the basic plot is Professor Goodman, um, played in the movie by the role originator, Andy Nyman. Um, in the play, it's a lecture. We're, you're sort of attending a lecture on how the mind essentially creates ghosts. Which is very confusing, because it's not what I bought tickets for. No. <laughs> well... Stories and you come along and he's going to talk to you about three cases, but but it is it's drenched in atmosphere from the moment you arrive, yeah. as was the case in both the venues I saw it. Uh, certainly in the arts, uh, yes, yeah. So like it's around the other side of uh, Piccadilly Station, isn't it? Down the road a spell, um, I believe. So. Oh, the arts there, yeah. No, that's the the arts there is there, but the other one isn't that too far away. Is I thought it? it was at Lyric. It was originally. Is it close to Drury Lane? Or... Was it in the West End or was it the Lyric? West End. Oh, okay. I'm not sure then. I'm not confused. I, 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 I have it in my head it was at the Hammersmith Lyric. Oh, no, 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 no. Why do I have that? Um, ah, ah, ah. Because it played at Hammersmith in Liverpool. When it first when it first debuted, it was in Liverpool. That was its first venue. Is there a Hammersmith in Liverpool? If not Hammersmith, it's an Apollo. That's one thing. It's probably an Apollo, and I'm confusing it. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. That we might be getting something confused. But something's confused somewhere. Uh, but um, the, Professor Goodman is basically there to talk to you about how like supernatural is something entirely created by the human mind. Like, yes, there are things that you can't necessarily explain outright, um, but that means you just might not have the right thing to explain it with yet, or there might be an angle you're not aware of, etc., etc. Uh, and to prove his point. He shows you, well, the, the show shows you, he recalls three specific cases of people he talked to who'd had what could be described as paranormal um, encounters. And after each one, he breaks down what he thinks really happened. 
And then at the end of the show, you sort of learn more about how, like, the human mind can construct, you know, its own demons and, and, and what happens when, you know, you, something's left to fester in your head and, and turn it into, you know, your own personal boogeyman and things like that. So yeah. it's, uh, it, it, it's a deconstruction of how the supernatural exists. Um, it looks like the film version, it, it sort of looks like it's got maybe a documentary, if not a documentary style wraparound. It did Certainly. win the Lyric Hammersmith in London for a bit. Did it? Yeah, that was it. It went from the Liverpool Playhouse yeah. to the Lyric Hammersmith. Was that its initial London run? Yeah. Oh, that's where I saw it then. Nowhere near the West End, mate. That doesn't make any sense. No, I saw it in I saw it in London. Where was it? Where did it go next? In it London? is in London. No, no, but like Hammersmith is in London. I know. For some reason, I always assume London's the West it's where, End. It's near stuff. where I used to live. I don't remember travelling that far out from where we were because we went for drinks. After... Never mind. I'm confused myself. Point is, oh, fool. Um, Maybe you saw it at the Arts twice. No, no, no. I saw it at the Arts once, and I saw it. Uh, uh, Whatever the other venue was, three times. It must have, it must have been. Oh, Duke of, Dukes of York. Duke of York. Duke of York, that's what I'm thinking of. There, there we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say, like, cause it, wasn't, it wasn't too far at Hammersmith way. But this was in my first and second year in London where I had no idea what... what it, like, if I go back now, I know where I'm going. <laughs> like, when I lived there, I had no fucking clue. Um, but yeah, it, so it looks like the movie's got maybe a documentary, if not a documentary wraparound, certainly utilising, you know, two camera. Hello, these are things I've investigated. And the official synopsis of the film says it has something to do with a, a former colleague of his, like a mentor, um, who supposedly went missing, uh, is asking to speak with him and to look over three cases he's got. Okay. Now, again, I think that I think there's a throwaway line about that in the stage one where he sort of talks about, like, these are cases that I, you know, I, I inherited from or, you know, heard about from someone else. So... I'm just intrigued to to see if the show will come back in some form. I'd hope so. I would hope so. I don't it's not done a national tour, has it? No. It it, it I think I which I think works to its benefit. I think it needs to plant itself somewhere for a duration for it to work. I could see it doing a national tour. Um yeah, it it couldn't it, it couldn't do less than a week per place though. Really could it? It'd have to like envelop that theatre. For its, for yeah, its that might be. It would, it would kind of kill the atmosphere, I guess. The arts work so well because you have to descend the staircase to get into the theatre itself. Yeah, that's of, quite nice. You just once you're in there, you're like, oh god, I'm in here. Then <laughs> I'm in here now. <laughs> I'm in here. I'm here. I'm here. Damn it! Um, but really looking forward to it. Proper spooky. Don't read into it if you haven't seen the show, but do go and check out the trailers. All three versions of the trailer are on the Lionsgate Film UK YouTube channel. Go in knowing as little as possible, because the trailers don't really tell you anything. Absolutely. Chris has told you more than the trailers do. Oh, I don't know. The trailers... He says in one of them that there are three cases. And... Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Everybody dies! Everybody dies! Um, I'm being facetious. I'm also being a feces. Talking about everybody dying... And talking about feces, let's talk about Jigsaw. Yeah. I've film... not seen Jigsaw, so tell me about Jigsaw. The film I saw uh, to get the joy of the Ghost Stories trailers uh, was Jigsaw. Now, I am an unapologetic fan of the Saw franchise, but I do not in any way, shape or form believe it to be nothing, to be anything more than ridiculously over-the-top schlock. Uh, it's gross. It's disgusting. The first film is a pretty decent low-budget thriller. 
that basically is someone watched Thriller. someone watched Seven and went hold my beer. Like I want, I want to try and outgross you in terms of the the, the the murders that are going on here. Much like Kimmy Spacey has in last week. Oh, oh topical oh. and gross. Um, Saw Two is a pretty alright sequel. Like it, it, it's it obviously stems a little closer to the horror and and stuff, but it's still it it still is what the first one is, which is a police procedural wrapped around a really gory circumstance, like a really horrendous, scary circumstance. And when I say wrapped. A. I mean, like, the flesh. Aye. Rat. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going somewhere with that. I don't know could've, where. Could have gone for the... I mean, you could have gone for the barbed wire. Shush! Um, yeah, okay. I was... Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so the first one's pretty great. And if you haven't seen it, I do recommend watching the first Saw. Second one's alright, if you're curious. Third one is where you should stop. If you're like, yeah, um, that was fine. That's where you should end it. Because four, five, six, and seven... Are another narrative that start after that. What? That ties back into it. But, okay. Shorthand for Saw. I really like the first one. I kind of dig the second one. Third one's fun. Fourth is shit. Fifth is shit. Sixth is a really interestingly well-made movie. Seventh is shit. <laughs> and then it ends. Here we are. Ten years on? No, seven years on, I think, from... The last cinematic release. Uh, 2010. Yes, seven years. Yeah. Um, with Jigsaw, when I first heard this was happening, it was whispers about a year and a half ago of a film called Saw Legacy. Yeah, October 2016 was, was announced mm. as Saw Legacy. Saw Legacy. And then quietly sort of just disappeared. And then earlier this year, there was confirmations of, oh yeah, no, we've got a release date for a Saw film. It's like, wait, what? Um, Jigsaw is the story of... Uh, huh, Ten years after the death of the Jigsaw Killer, which is what I'll call him here in this non-spoiler moment. Um, okay. Similar um, sort of deaths are occurring. People are being found, bodies are being found that tie back to a potential copycat killer. However, all evidence they find points to the genuine article being behind it. So it's a race against time. Sound familiar, yeah? It's a race against okay. time for the police department, like the investigators in charge and, and the, um, the, the more workers and everything who are behind trying to figure out what the hell's going on, to find out where everything's taking place, why and to who, before five people in a really horrific, scary situation lose their lives one by one to Jigsaw's traps, which of course are built to test your morality and test your willingness to stay alive and appreciate life. And uh, that's kind of it. Okay. It's not great, but it's also not the worst Saw movie. Uh, it's it's definitely a spin-off. Like, it's, 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 a, it's in the series. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it belongs directly in the series. Is like it, it, it set like a new direction? It, well, yes and no. Like, it ends in a way where you could tell more stories. Yeah. But it also ends in a way where it would be completely fine if you didn't. And I think it would also be pretty damn fine if they didn't. Um, it's, uh, how do I put it? Like, it, it feels like, right, here's the thing, that the stuff that is interesting and good in Saw is, for me, like those first couple of movies, mm -hmm. is an intrigue, a mystery, um, the police procedural side of it all, like the race against time element, you know, of the thriller, of the cops trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and some interesting horror movie deaths. Yeah. 
which of course in the early movies are put out through these really unique and frightening and sometimes simplistic but you know like gory traps um some of the traps don't even involve excess gore and like some of the best ones are the ones that don't involve excess gore or the ones where we actually see someone get out like they're some mm. of the best ones because it's the thrill of oh god oh god oh god oh god they're out oh god they're out like that's what's exciting about it um as the series went on it unfortunately devolved into a, a term that was created i believe or at least solidified for these movies, which was torture porn. Yeah, um, this and Hostel. Yeah, basically. well, well, I think Hostel was Hostel. I think was a movie that probably only got the leg up it did because of Saw and Saw Two. Yeah, I've not seen any of the Hostel movies, but from what I've gathered, they share in the sort of gleeful carnage, and yet, but lack the sort of I say narrative depth. I mean, mm. Saw is high melodrama, but it doesn't have that narrative <laughs> through line that Saw does. Yeah, I've only, I've not, I'll be honest, I've not watched the third Hostel. I've seen one and two. The first one holds back enough, and it's more about how frightening the abduction angle is and everything like that, and being alone in a foreign country and this horrible stuff happening to you and la la la. The second one ups the gore because obviously everybody talks about the gore, but then also adds to the story in a way where you're like, oh shit, this is what's going on. Okay, do you know what I mean? You, you learn more about what why the first hostel happened that you didn't really realise at the time. I've not bothered with the third one, and I've not really revisited the first and second. I think I've seen them both twice yeah. over the period of ten years. Yeah. So, you know. I think Saw, I've only seen each one once. Of the Saw movies. Yeah. Yeah, I've, re- I've revisited Saw at least five or six times. And I've revisited the second one maybe three. Yeah. I think I've watched the rest... No, I've definitely watched the rest twice. Because when Seven was coming out, I dug out my DVDs and had a rewatch of them all like over the course of a week. But they were like ironing movies. They were just on in the background while I was doing stuff. Um, it was mostly just to brush up on the insanely complex narrative that happens in the fourth, fifth, sixth <laughs> ones. Um, this film feels like a step back in a weird way. Um, both for positive and negative reasons. Yeah. Positive is it decides not to overcomplicate and it's like, look, here's a story, we're watching it play out. It's similar to one and two. Cop side of things, people in the trap trying to get outside of things. That's good. That was needed. Yeah. That way you get to sort of know the characters a little bit more mm-hmm. and you get to invest in them slightly. And 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 that's you know, it becomes the race against time, cat and mouse thing. It's step taking a step back in a bad way. Because I don't want Saw 5, 6, and 7 level of gores, levels of gore here. But you do kind of expect a certain thing from these movies now. This film is probably on par with maybe the second one in terms of how gory it gets. Like, there, there are not a lot of moments of, like, look at this, look at this, you sick puppies, look at this, isn't it gross? Which I thought, which I think they went the most over the top within five and six yeah five's got the thing with the ribs isn't it or is that five or six where that thing just opens up yeah i think you want to see that like, silhouette oh. though oh no there's oh no there's a glory shot is there yeah it, it, it's not like spraying well, everywhere five's there, got... there's a glory shot of look at these internal organs five's got the pendulum yeah i don't hate the pendulum um, six, six has got the acid injection Mm, there's a bit of that in this one. Which is, um, which is grim. There's a bit of that in this, but toned down. But, but that's the thing, you sort of expect a bit of spectacle, especially when this film's tagline in the States is all like, he's come to take back Halloween. Yeah, I suppose. And all this stuff. But it, it, it kind of feels like 
it kind of feels like a, a 15 certificate version that in the edit they've gone, oh no, we need to bump this up a bit. Just add, add a bit add a bit more. You think? Yeah, add a bit more of this or there. And add some more swearing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 an odd one. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's not essential viewing for Halloween movies, guys. So if you're still wanting to go and see the scary fair out in cinemas right now, it ain't essential. But if you want to challenge your mates to see, like, you know, how strong your stomach is after having a meal out or whatever, then fair enough. Have a laugh. Mm. If you like the Saw movies, give it a watch. But don't really expect it to blow your mind. Then again, if you're a hardcore Saw fan, I think you'd just be delighted that the franchise, you know, is back in a way. Um, yeah. I'm going to go briefly into spoiler territory. Okay. I, I have no problem with it being are you, spoiled, are you, are you so up I'm, for that? I'm up for that. Are you absolutely sure? I'm up for that. Well, I, I know more or less what happens in Saw 3D and I haven't seen that, so... Okay. Spoiler alert. Everyone dies. That is a joke. Not everyone dies. Um, um, although that's the what this is the one thing we talk about where you made me go... Is he being truthful there? Yeah, I'm like... Mm. This movie is a prequel and a sequel. Mm, pardon me. That's what I wish the movie had said to me. Uh, yeah, apologies for that. I just it, came out it's a prequel and a sequel. Okay. You see five people in this horrific trap, like, this sort of trial thing that's set in this far, like, um, like you know, boarded up, big old air, uh, abandoned farmhouse and all this stuff, um, going through these things. And then one by one, as each, each of them is killed off, their body is then dumped in the city for the police to see and find with the clues that you know that eventually lead them to the farmhouse. Okay. Thing is, the bodies that are being dumped, we later learn at the end of the movie, are just bodies made up to look like these murders. All the stuff in the barn happened before Saw 1. Oh. All the police investigation happens 10 years after John Kramer's death. John Kramer's uh. DNA is on everything because it has all been set up to be like this. Even down to them exhuming the body from the graveyard and finding the recently deceased like mortician who's overseeing everything in his grave instead of Jigsaw's decomposed body. Someone has basically gone to great lengths to make it look like he's back. He is not. Um... In fact, this well, this event yeah. isn't even anything to do with him, and it isn't even one of his, like, I'm leaving this behind to happen after my death. It's his original protege. A guy who... Uh, the guy who fucked up John Kramer's uh, scans. Basically. Yeah. It's him. Uh, he survives a trial. And, okay. and John gets him out of there thinking, you know, I've gone too far. Like, it was an honest mistake. Like, this isn't right. Mm. He didn't do something right. He didn't neglect his job. He just made another mistake. So he talks the guy around, and that bloke is the guy who helps him build the majority of his equipment initially. That's the workforce he had from day one to help him build all this shit. That guy oh. is now, like, the medical expert for the police. So you think throughout the whole movie, he's, you know, the one who's trying to get to the bottom of it, and someone else might actually be doing it. When you find out at the end, it's him. Not only is it him, the bodies that have been turning up are just based on that first trap um, so that he has a pattern to work off of to lead the police on a trail here. And you'd be thinking, well, hang on, why didn't the police go, hang on, this happened like 15 years ago or whatever. No, those bodies were never found. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Right down to the two characters you think are going to survive the original trap. You see them in the room in a room at the end, like where they where they died. So they're just two dried up skeletons, all clearly been dead for over a decade in that room, and you're like, oh god. Um, but it did it did mean for one effective moment of storytelling, they sort of screw up the trap, and then they wake up chained like by their legs in in like I guess what would be part of the abattoir at the farm or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They wake up, and in the middle of the room is a hooded figure prepping something in the middle of the room. And they're calling out some call out to him and he pulls his hood off and there is John Kramer. Tobin Bell in all of his glory. And I'm sat there in the cinema going, okay movie, you have me. What's going on? And then of course after that, you find out those events took place 15 years ago. So the movie makes you go, holy fuck, Jigsaw's actually in this? What is going on? And then the movie goes, yeah, you're right, he was in this. That was all flashbacks, motherfuckers. We got you feeling like something was going on. Uh-huh. So, it's the classic sore, twisty, twisty, softy, softy, nicey, nicey thing. Was it worth it? Not really. I mean, it's nice to see seeing here Tobin Bell again. He's always good in what he's in. But, you know, his jigsaw is always a fascinating character to watch. So the, yeah. The one scene yeah. where you see him in a room talking and stuff, you're like... This is quite cool. Feels quite familiar. It takes me back to 2004 or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, there he is. Um, to make him look younger, he's got a little soul patch. But not like the one he had in a couple of the movies. It looks like it's been stuck on. <laughs> oh, no. Um, as for gore, like, if you're after it for just the schlock and the gore, only, Which... a, only a couple kills that'll really tickle your pickle, to be honest. That's quite... Tame. I'm uh, right for a saw tame. movie. Me too, but they still oh, got to pack. Right, they still got to pack a punch. You know what I mean? There's still got to be something that makes you go, "Oh no!" And instead, they're just sort of, "Oh, that's oh, that's gross." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, although favorite trap, if we're gonna get down to that wankiness, my favorite trap. There is one trap where uh, two of the characters can only be saved by another one outside who's stuck in a thing and has to pull a lever while they're inside, like a grain silo. As it fills with grain, so they think they're going to be basically suffocated. Okay. But then they get trapped up to like sort of their shoulders, so they, you know they've got their arms on the surface, but they can't move. And then a hatch opens, and one by one, various very heavy sharp implements plummet from about twenty feet above them. Hmm. That was a genuinely quite tense sequence because I'm sat there going, "Oh god, oh, <laughs> oh god." Like especially when like you know a freaking uh, like a trowel drops down and stabs one of them in the arm. So he's having to pull that out, and then a big, big old razor, you know, circular saw blade drops and lands like a centimeter away from the face of another character, and she's just in complete nice, silence for a second, nice. just looking at it like. So that was that was the most interesting trap for me, but it's a trap that had a massive plot hole in it, and um. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the worst part is there's a red herring, a lady who works at the morgue. You think might be the one behind it, like she collects. She's been auctioning for years and collecting jigsaw traps and bits left over from jigsaw traps. And she's on the dark web, like, on a jigsaw fan base. Because she's just fascinated by the what he did. And the film sort of obviously leads you in a way, for a while, to thinking, oh god, is it her behind it? Is it her behind it? And then in the end, no, she was the alibi for the guy who was actually behind it. Um, like, she won't be arrested, but 
she can vouch for that guy being different places when the police would obviously need him to have been somewhere else for it to be a crime. Um, hmm. And it sucks because she's the best actor in it. <laughs> well, she's clearly having fun. And it's like, if, yeah. you, were, if, you, if you guys are going to plan on doing more, she would have been a great villain. <laughs> but fair enough. And what yet. Else? Yeah. <laughs> and yet. But enough of disappointing horror. Ow. You're a big man, you can take it. You punched um, me in the prostate. <laughs> nah. Now that is horror. Um, Netflix. If you've got Netflix <laughs> and you haven't already watched all of Stranger Things 2, <laughs> I, I, there, there is no help for you. There's nothing <laughs> I can say that is going to enrich your life. What you need to do is get over to Netflix and watch yourself Stranger Things 2. Why, I hear you ask. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because it's fucking brilliant. How brilliant is it? It's very, very very brilliant. It is very brilliant. Uh, To explain further, Stranger Things, if you have not seen it, the first season tells the story of a group of boys, one of whom goes missing, his mother's panicked, um, meanwhile, a young, seemingly mute girl with strange abilities turns up out of nowhere, and there seems to be some sort of creature running around this small town in, of Hawkins, Indiana, um, picking off people here and there. Mm. And it gets into a whole thing of parallel universes and strange dimensions and psychic powers and monsters and it. Stephen King style vibes yeah. throughout. Stephen King slash the Goonies slash E.T. slash Poltergeist slash it. Um, all the 80s stuff that has aged beautifully, basically. It's set in 1983. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's awesome. And it's, it's awesome. Great. And it perhaps most importantly, it is chock full of wonderful characters. Mm. Like every character in it is fantastic. Especially the four, the four kids in the leads. Well, I guess it's five. Or six yeah. now. Or six now. But like <laughs> the, the core group of boys, which is Will, Mike, uh, Dustin and Lucas. And then Eleven, who's, mm-hmm. who's the girl. And then in this season, again, those. Plus the new edition of, of, of Maxine or Mad Max. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, series one was great because it was... It was it, it's... I mean, what genre would you class it under? I guess, sort of horror science fiction. Yeah, sci-fi horror. Yeah, because because it, it's very, it plays very heavily on the horror in terms of its marketing and how it's trying to get everyone in. It's like, hey, come see some spooky guys. Yeah, absolutely. But then it's very light in in large chunks in terms of just the characters' interactions. They're just having to deal with very heavy, scary things. Well, and the adults in particular are having to deal with obviously the much more grown-up yeah, realizations. Just weird of, shit. Like, Will goes missing, and immediately they're like, well, we're going to find him. And Will's mum is like, oh my god, my boy is gone. Like, you get to see the different levels of how people deal with stuff at different yeah. ages, different and, generations. And Will being missing is like the central one of the central mysteries of, of that first series. So it does mean that you get nearly an entire season of Winona Ryder mm. in just constant sort of... Panic. Panic and, and, and grieving. It's just... just like, yeah, mourning the, the you know the, her son no longer being there, 
Um, and, and you know, plus you have the the teenage angst and teenage romance stuff coming yeah, in with, with, with characters like Nancy, and, Nancy and Jonathan and, and Steve and that Steve. love triangle. You've got Hopper, the who's sheriff, great. who is yeah clearly got some issues of his own and but gets all wrapped up in trying to find this young boy. Um that the first season's amazing. Yeah. And the second season And takes... we have we have discussed season one if you want to go back to yeah, the whole episode if you want to hear it at length. Yeah. Uh, this second season kicks off um a year after the the first and just dumps us straight back into that just this wonderful world of its brilliant characters just bouncing off each other and being just so <laughs> enthralling. Yeah. And then, of course, it brings through a new mystery and some bits of which are new, some bits of which are following on from what happened in the last series. Yeah. I, I um, think mild, mild spoilers abound for the moment, guys, because uh, I think there's stuff we will have to touch on. sort of. Yeah, there's not... To review, but also, also we're going to discuss... There's it's a, a series one as well. There's a brilliant reveal at the end of the first episode, um, which is a minor spoiler. Which for which, what happens which show, at the end? Show is it in the first one? It's when Hopper comes home. Of course, yes. Which is oh god, yeah. Because obviously, you yes, know, yeah. You know from the trailers that Eleven's back. Yeah. You just don't know how. Yeah, because the last we saw of her was, I think. Her hand opening that hatch. No. Wasn't it? No. No. Did we not see... The last we saw of her mm. was her disappearing along with the Demogorgon. Ah, uh, meets. <laughs> you see Hopper leave the dead drop for her. Yeah. But you don't know if she's alive or not. Yeah. If she's even going to find it. Because you don't know if she's alive or she's still in the Upside Down or what. Spoiler alert, she's in the trailer. She's here. She's alive. Well, you know she's, she's around. Back, but, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I see what you mean now, yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> right, so... The new. The new. We got some. We got a new mystery. It is intrinsically tied into last year's mystery, but it, it's definitely a new angle. Yeah, a development. Uh, we get... We get that there's been roughly no activity outside of the... What's the name of the, the facility? The, the, the Hawkins Lab. I don't remember the proper name for it, but it's, it's just the lab. Yeah. The laboratory. Outside of the laboratory, there hasn't been anything unusual for no. pretty much a year now. There's a detail scientist in charge there. Mm. They're checking in on Will. Will seems to be suffering some sort of PTSD. As we saw symptoms. at the end of Series 1, he's sort um, of having these little flashes. Well, we also saw him cough up an alien slug at the end of Series yeah, 1. Alien slug? Uh, well, um, we'll get into Maybe that. more than that. Um, that. That gets picked um, up on later on. Um, but yeah, there's a new team of scientists in charge of checking up on Will, keeping, they're keeping the... Uh, well, they, they, understand the rela- they understand that the relationship is, at any time, Hopper or... Um, oh, What's one of the writer's character? Uh, Joyce. Joyce. They they know any time Opera or Joyce could just go forward and be like, these people exist and possibly could prove it. Like they don't, the scientists don't know per se how it, much it, they know. No one seems to want to kill anyone. So, but yeah, but they're sort of in that place now. Where they're like, look, you know we exist, but we can help you. We can help your son. We can keep an eye on things. We can promise you that nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna come through. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's that whole thing of. These guys weren't in charge of all the stuff with Eleven. So they're like, hi, we're trying to contain and clean this shit up and study it. We're not the evil people who breed children for evil purposes and do all that shit. Mm. Um, 
uh, emphasis on children because we do get to learn this series a bit more about the uh, facility that uh, Eleven was raised in. Which was um, Hawkins' lab. Which was Hawkins' lab. But, but, uh, under, under, under old that, management. Under that regime, yeah. yeah under under um, the management of Matthew Modine's uh, Dr. Brenner. Yeah, really who, good. Um, um, yeah. So there's that. We've got new characters entering town. For example, there is... Um, the, 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 the titular... The aforementioned Mad Max. Mad Max herself. Um, uh, who is new kid in town. Who's regularly... Like, she's a skater. She's one of the, yeah. she's one of the boys, basically. Um, and there's a stepbrother Billy who's this meathead twat certainly um, who from the moment he arrived I was like just kill him like psychologically abusive well he's the Stephen King character he's the Stephen King bully bully. he's he's horrible and completely irredeemable he's what and then they drop something on him that makes you go oh I feel a little bad for him now and what (laughs) he's basically what Steve could have been in yeah. the first series. Well, there's even the whole if thing. He of, hadn't, had he's he hadn't he grown up. He used to be king around here. Yeah. And, and he, so, it's sort of almost this like dethroning. Um, and also, Steve turned out to be a nice guy, and this guy is not a nice guy. Well, I still think Steve becomes a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this okay. guy is just almost irredeemable. And played by Dacon Montgomery from Power Rangers. The Red Ranger from the Power Rangers I movie. I thought I recognised him. Yeah. Man, I thought for a while it, it, when I first saw him, I thought it might be Caleb Blandry Jones because he's because he's got that mustache, the faded in mustache yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then like, no, he's not. He's, not <laughs> he, he's damn good in it. He's, he's damn fantastic. Good in it. I mean, all the ca- especially especially cast. the scene in the penultimate episode where he flirts with someone else's mum. Oh yeah, that's and it's just wonderful. like, oh my god, this should yeah. be this should be like all kinds of creepy, but it's like no, he's smooth. Like yeah, okay. Why couldn't he have been a smooth, nice, like sort of smooth, flirty guy throughout the whole series, and not just an absolute toolbox? Well, um, um, <laughs> we also uh, got Sean Astin, oh, Goonies veteran, oh Bob, as, um, wonderful Bob, wonderful, wonderful Bob, who is I mean, it, like Winona Ryder, like Winona Ryder before him. This seems like a very sort of conscious bit of casting. Oh yeah, yeah. in that we want somebody who's going to act the shit out of this, but also has that sort of. That that asterisk connection like, to 80s bullet pop point culture. to eighties yeah. pop culture. Um, so yeah, they're a couple. It's absolutely adorable. Yeah, he's just the, he's <laughs> like the most awkward sort of cringy. Dad, I mean, he's not a dad. He's not well, even a stepdad. He's, they're not married. But he, he's he's Carrie was in Liar Liar. If he was slightly cooler, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. It's like he's dorky, and the kids are a bit like, "What are we? What? What?" But then it's like, "Oh shit, you're into the same shit we are." Oh, cool. Okay, we've got something to bond over. Um, and he's just adorable, and he's a complete outsider to it all, which is nice because it means that for those who maybe are watching with friends or just picking this up out of curiosity, you do have a character who gets to ask the questions uh, down as the story goes down the line. Um, so you get a bit of background through Bob's perspective, which is nice. Plus, he's enthusiastic, which is always fun to see in a horror story. Yeah. Like when someone's just like full of beans, it's like yay! It's just it's just a lovely performance of like just this, just a nice man. Yeah, uh, just like <laughs> there's so much stuff in this in this show with like people having ulterior motives and lying to each other about things that lying to people that care about about things to try and protect them and mm. that sort of. That sort of willing um, duplicity. Will, willing, 
Speaking of Will, Will Will's Link. kind of a new character in a way. Cause, yeah, because um, you don't actually see that much of him in the first series. Yeah, he's, he's, he's there, and then he's presumed dead for yeah, the majority spends, of it. Spends the majority of the series trapped in the Upside Down. Yeah, whereas this year, we and that again was sort of, that was my only real concern with the series was, I hope that he's got the chops, because the guys last year proved so much that they were like perfectly cast and they're excellent. Excellent young Thespians. Which they've carried on into this series. Oh, absolutely. In fact, some some of... Well, I think all of them have developed as performers, but like... Oh, yeah. Some of them have sort of come on leaps and bounds when it comes to being able to handle certain material. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Especially, I mean... Not to sell, like, you know, Mike and Will and and Ellie Short, for example, but, um, like, the stuff that Lucas and Dustin get to to play with this series... Just like they were my favourites this year, <laughs> they were my favourite characters this year because I just thoroughly enjoyed watching. I mean, Dustin them do their thing. was my favourite character in yeah. season one. Like he's just the best. <laughs> I fucking love Dustin. He's amazing. The scenes between him and his mum in this series, in particular, are oh yeah, just we get lovely. to meet his mum. They're just so lovely. Uh, but like Will, it was sort of this sort of weird thing rested on him as you know, would he be, would he be as good? Yeah. Yeah, guys, you don't have to bloody worry at all. He's brilliant. And again, he's handling he's handling a lot more than just kid discovering weird stuff. Like he's he is the central character as far as like the focus goes. Isn't he? Like he's the crux, he's the apex of everything that's happening. It's either happening to him or because of him. Um and he handles it so well. He gets to play something really quite unnerving for a majority of the series as well an element to his character that means that he's as an actor he's clearly thinking about two different points of view yeah and he's, he's yeah, playing yeah. it very well um god i want them to be in everything ever going forward they're all just so good. so good uh beasties we've got we've got some pretty freaking creepy uh yeah 80s prosthetic beasties in the form of the vines we have like a living plant organism sort of thing <laughs> That's uh, spreading. Um, yeah, one of the one of the things that you'll see a lot in the in the promotional um, stuff is 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 these images of rotting pumpkins. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a thing, and yeah. they they are there's a reason for that. Yeah, and that again, just like uh, it's it's harping back to like the B movie kind of thing of yeah. really gross practical effects that just look disgusting and are shot really well, so that they, at no point it looks stiff or stilted like these things look living so they're a creepy addition um we've got the thing that i don't think it's ever given a name but we've got the thing that uh, you see in the posters and the trailer the thing, like that big uh lovecraftian sort of shape yeah in the clouds which at first I just thought, yeah which at first i thought was just gonna be kind of you know a bit of a plodding thing but there are certain ways that that moves in certain shots where you're like oh god i can kind of tell where one part of it ends and the other part begins. Yeah. Like, there is a personality and a shape to that thing. Um, that's a nice sinister inclusion. But I think the standout for the series in terms of the uh, beasties that it introduces uh, <laughs> are a, uh, a sort of a variation on something we've seen before in the classic uh, sort of how do we develop our monsters style if if think season, alien 3 if season <laughs> if season 1 is alien yeah season 2 is aliens <laughs> yeah yes with a bit of alien 3 sprinkled in 
specifically Maybe, design. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's nice and creepy. We get some proper, we get some proper gory moments as well this year. Like not, it's not excessive, but bits where you just go, "Oh my god, that's horrible!" There are moments of 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 horror in this that surpass last season. There are moments of everything in this that surpass last season, mm. like the horror, the drama, the relationships. One thing they do really well is is be, is because they've got new characters coming in and wheels around permanently. Is they shake up the character dynamics by pairing off characters differently to how you've seen them before. Yeah, well, like there's entire sections of. Two or three episodes in a row with Dustin and Steve. Yeah, Dustin and Steve become like this. work really well off of each yeah, other. Yeah, they become yeah. a great pair. Yeah. Um, Lucas and Max is sort of like this brilliant one because Lucas went away for a chunk of last series for a couple of episodes. Yeah, and, and, of and I feel like they made up for that by giving him a lot more to do this mm. season. And that sort of love triangle, adolescent love trial yeah. between Max and Dustin <laughs> and, and Lucas, um, which is which is a great addition. Um, Nancy's storyline is now right. Okay, Th- this is not so much a spoiler, but a confirmation of something we talked about before. So last year, I kept moaning, pissing, and moaning about all the justice for Barb shit. And I was like, why yeah. do people think she's a lot? People are like, oh my goodness, she's still alive. It's like they showed her corpse. Yeah. The point of Barb, the reason why you're all so upset she died. Is because they were introducing you to a nice character mm-hmm. who had no business being involved in any of this, who was taken by it and killed to show you that this thing is going to kill everyone eventually. Yeah. That was the point of Barb's character. They made her lovely and quirky and a little bit offbeat so that you'd be like, oh, she's nice. And then they killed her. That's the point. So everyone was going, oh, they're going to bring Barb back. They're going to bring Barb back. You know? No offence to the actress, because I'm sure, obviously, you know, work is appreciated, but she'll be doing other things. But at the same time, to their credit, Bob is not alive. In fact, Bob's death slash disappearance is a key plot point to the opening of this series. Yeah. Which is what we predicted. We said that I think they'll play on that. People looking into it. In fact, it's it's no spoiler to say that (laughs) Bob's death Mm. and Nancy's guilt over it... Mm is one of the big driving forces for her plot this season. Yeah, well, it definitely starts yeah. the story off for her. It's, 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 that's her arc as, as the story begins. And yeah. So, and I'm glad no one said it. Like, in this series, there is, without going into detail, but there is a justice for Bob, uh. but no one ever says it, and I'm no. so glad they didn't. Because that would have been like, oh, it's, it's God, clear, you took me out of the moment. It's clear that it's a reaction to the audience's reaction. Yeah. But it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel forced. It makes perfect sense. And we, mm. we also get to meet her parents and, and have a couple of wonderful, like, yeah. sort of awkward, strange scenes with them. Because um, it's finger looking good. Speaking of oh God, it is. <laughs> so good. Speaking of awkward, strange scenes, uh, we get some young love blossoming uh, <laughs> between Nancy and... Um, Jonathan. Jonathan, that's it. Um, like, that starts to develop... In a way that, again, like, when the series started, uh, like, it's Nancy and Steve. Yeah. And I was a bit confused. I was like, was that where that left off? Yeah, that's where that left I off. I couldn't remember. But then I remembered, oh, no, part of the fun of last year was that it was a love triangle. Yeah. And that love triangle... Continues. Is still there. And, and, um, yeah. But, uh... The love like, triangles are bound here because he's also... Hmm. Although although Joyce has, has, has found Bob... Yeah. There's also a little bit of tension still between Joyce and Hopper who go mm. way, way back. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, there's a lovely there's a lovely chat between them in the second episode, I think, where they share a cigarette, and it's just 
he's he's kind of reassuring her and calming her down but they do the, the sort of they let the actors say so much without saying a damn word in that scene. Can we just talk about David Harbour for a moment? We can talk about David Harbour for as long as you like. And how fucking wonderful he is in this. <laughs> like, I just love watching him. The curmudgeon of He's last series... so good! ...has softened. Uh, He's yes. still a curmudgeon. Yes. But you know a lot of it is now kind of front. For the most part, like it's it's him, it's him in it's that's his yeah. way of life, and that's how he's carried himself. For you years. you get to, you get to see a lot of what we got to see last season with sort of him with like when we got to see more of his backstory and breaking those walls down. Yeah, and, and you know talking about why he is the way he is. This season, the characters, one character mm. in particular, gets to see that. Yeah, and more of that, and yeah. and, and sort of open him up, and. And also, he's going to be a fucking fantastic Hellboy. He's going to be great. Like, he's going to be such a good Hellboy. He's going to be a great Hellboy. And the thing is, he's one of every. There's something I've noticed in this show. Apart from the ones you're obviously not meant to like, like bullies and things like that, our central cast are heroic as fuck. Like everybody, like they're terrified and they're up against stuff that they cannot even begin to comprehend. And flawed in some cases, deeply yeah. flawed. Oh like, yeah, oh, they're not, they're not, they're not um, poster childs for for you know like perfection and everything. Like but Hopper like, may be a hero, but he is a deeply flawed one. Mm. Like, but the big, the, like the biggest message I take away from, and I think, well, I think we'll start to wrap up and go into spoiler territory shortly. But like, I think the biggest message I take away from Stranger Things. Um, at least in terms of what they're trying to advocate, if there is indeed a message in their story, mm. is it's be courageous. Because like everybody just even when they're faced up against them, they're like, "Oh my god, we're gonna die!" They're like, "But that's the right thing to do." Be courageous mm. and stick together. Yes, like yes. everyone in this show is stronger and more capable when they work together. Yeah, and it's to, to the point where there is a moment in this where Hopper does something really stupid mm. by himself yes and <laughs> that becomes that becomes an, an issue of tension yeah um because you're like oh uh yeah you're probably not gonna come back from yeah this. so this isn't good um which we'll, we'll talk more about in spoilers um yarb but yeah it's pretty also great. winona Ryder. Is wonderful. Just. Is absolutely wonderful. She's so Because she gets to do much more in this, obviously, because she's not mm. in that She's same more sort active. Of, yeah, she's this. more active. She's got more agency. She's still fighting for her sons. She's still worried about Will in particular. Yeah. But, like, he's there and she can be there for and, him. Yeah, she's and not got stuff. that. Yeah. She doesn't have that yeah. thing of spending most of the season just, like, wide eyed and panicked. She, <laughs> but she gets to just wider, ride a much wider range of emotions and it has a much more um, involving storyline and it's just uh, this season just takes everything you liked about last season Mm -hmm. throws in some new stuff and turns it all up to 11 like it's fucking great let's get into spoilers spoiler spoilers spoiler spoilers spoiler McGee that is me or something Um, can I just say as we First off in spoilers, Hopper and Eleven. It's so sweet. Just one of the most wonderful relationships it's in this show about which is rife with fantastic <laughs> relationships. Yeah. Like, the reason why any of the weird sci-fi horror shit in this show works as well as it does is because you completely buy all the characters and their relationships. Yes, a thousand times over. 
Uh, but that one in particular, I think that's the standout of the series. Yeah. Because it's it, it's not the core of the whole run. Like, it's not the focus in every episode. But it's the core of Hopper. Like. Yeah, it's, this is what he's fighting for. It, you can see he's that... Fight, and he has been, like, he, he's been out of the, like, they've been out of the ring, sort of, this last year, all of them. Yeah. Because there's not been anything to fight back against. So he's been a protector for a year. And you can see that that's sort of allowed him to clean himself up. Yeah. From where he was before, now that he's actually got something to um, to protect and to work for, because obviously a lot of the trauma that mm. he carries comes from the death of his daughter. Mm. Um, Did you notice how he's still referred to her as she's she is my daughter? Yeah, she is. Yeah. she is my girl. There's never any past um, tense because you get that wonderful scene in the car when they finally are because basically <laughs> what happens is eleven that they he, her and eleven fall out because he's very he's kind of overprotective. Yeah. Well, not overprotective. Well, not overprotective, but it, it's but she feels like he's overprotective, and then they have a reaction. It, yeah, it, it, then... it's it's teenage it's teenage reaction yeah. hitting like sort of boiling point at the same time he's dealing with some pretty big shit. Um, so they have a yeah. falling out, and Eleven runs away, and towards the end of the series, they get re- they get reunited in this wonderful scene. With uh, driving, the car, with yeah. driving, and it, when he, he finally opens up to her about why he's so protective and and his daughter and what happened to her mm. and. Yeah, it's just, it's just fa- fabulous. Which in itself is like a, an expansion of the, that brief moment where he, he tries to get in touch with her over there, walkie um, machine, and she's not there. Yeah. And he's just, again, the camera sort of spends most of that moment, obviously a few cutaway shots to show the walkie, like yeah. transmitting no one in the room, but it spends a lot of the time just on his face. And you're like, oh God, he's breaking. He's breaking. And he's then, breaking. He's got it together. He's got it together. He's yeah. okay. He's okay. He's going to carry on. Um, which is then really sweet because then later on she obviously sort of reaches out when she's having one of her like little searches and she can hear it and she listens to the message. Yeah. It's or like, some of it. Oh, some of it, of it, yeah. Um, it's like, oh my God. Uh, Eleven's powers have sort of... She's she's attuned to them a bit more now. Yeah. Like, there's, there's almost like a set rule. If she wants to reach out to somebody, either to see where they are or to possibly try and communicate with them, Blindfold, shut out everything as much as you can, and have yeah. the, have an electronic device that transmits in some way. I think it's less that and more of its white noise. Yeah, well, yeah, because you use the TV yeah. for white noise. Yes, that's right, and then um, the radio a couple radio. times. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so it's so, just she doesn't need as much sensory de- like in the first season. She needed that sensory mm. deprivation sort of flotation yeah. tank to sort of get there, but now she but needs it, less of that. It looks like it's developing. I mean. I think the show takes place like just short of a year later, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, it's like three hundred and like forty well, yeah, she, eight, she's, eight she's, days or something like she's that. She's literally been counting the day. Uh, her and Mike both mm-hmm. have been counting the days since they last saw each other. Yeah, which is really and they sweet. make you wait so long. Oh yeah, for that reunion. Yeah, Eleven doesn't rock up to the end of Ep Seven in terms of like with the other characters. Episode eight. Episode eight, that's the one. Sorry, I she, doesn't, that was she doesn't rejoin yeah. the rest of the cast, excluding, of course, Hopper, who she's with at the start of the series, until mm. episode, until the end of episode eight. Yeah, and it feels so worth it. She nearly, she nearly does. She nearly talks to Mike in episode two. Yeah, you see her reaching out in the void. Oh no! But then does. when she's at the gymnasium, like she actually oh, yeah, tracks course, out yeah. briefly. The first time she she runs away from home, that that then causes the massive argument between her and Hopper. Mm. She, she sees and she gets jealous of Max. Yeah, because Mike sort of rejects Max straight away. Yeah, 
because he's still pining for Eleven. And yeah. the well, other... if he feels like she's just literally being plugged in as a replacement by everyone else. Yeah. It's Lu- like... Lucas and Dustin both have a crush on her. Yeah. And, and she, you know, she's a skateboarder. She beats. She's beating a couple of Dustin's high scores at the arcade. <laughs> oh, the arcade worker, that guy, he's ridiculous. It's freaking great. Like, that's some great side It took, it took me till his like, second appearance before I went, oh, God, he was the, the one who looks like neither a man nor a woman in Lemony Snicket. Yeah, it took me yeah. ages before I realised. Yeah. I was like, I recognise him, I recognise him, I recognise him. He's brilliant. Um... um... <laughs> Yeah, oh get... god Max is a really good addition yeah she's a really fun addition and again is the audience surrogate in a way like if again yeah. if you're because in, in binge culture there might be people who are watching it because their partner or whatever their mate their flat housemate are watching series 2 and they're sort of getting into it but they don't get it don't worry Max is going to learn some stuff as it goes on yeah she's great uh, she's a really fun addition and, and all the, the like how horrible Billy is to her Christ, and that sort of yeah. step sibling relationship Oh god, I wanted I wanted him dead. Oh, I was awful. like, he's got to meet a grizzly end. I mean, he's a series. great character and he's wonderfully, wonderfully mm. played. Yeah, but he's such a piece of shit. Yeah, and, and um, it, 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 I was almost upset that he didn't get what was coming to him at the end. Um, he sort of he got a version of it, and he's definitely stepping back from his sister. Well, I'm, I'm wondering now. if he's not just biding his time so he can get his Maybe. own back on her later on. But especially when he did what he did to Steve, I was like, yeah, I just want oh, him dead. Jesus, I yeah. I was like, could you, could you, I know, I know you're just hitting him between his legs to threaten him, but could you just have one of the nails? Just one nail yeah. stab his, stab his balls. Just something. It's like, cut his inner thighs so that he can't crouch for a week. Like, just do something. I honestly thought it was stab, gonna... stab his buttocks so that he gets a, an anal fissure when he shits. I just, was, just give me I, something. I, I was honestly thinking it was going to be something like she was going to properly swing for him and one of the, and Lucas was going to stop her. Yeah, well... Yeah, I don't know. They, they, kind of, they kind of make it clear in the series she knows she's not as bad as him yeah. and she can't let herself be as bad yeah. as him. Like she says, and... She's like, I know I'm like him sometimes, but... So, I, I, I don't know if she... But I know what you mean. Like, that would have been a... I think maybe if there had been another episode to go, maybe that could have been like some of the characters. And, <laughs> and also, of course, with with Max, you get that love triangle that we've already mentioned between her and Dustin and Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. And oh, I felt so badly for Dustin, but then when you see her with Lucas and the, the sort of relationship those two develop, it just be, mm. it's absolutely is the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, did you see any of Beyond Stranger Things? No, I've not watched any of that. That's really good because it's it's less of like that after show sort of sit around let's all chum around and it is the whole sitting down at the the table in the the set on the set of Will, Will's house and talking yeah. with the Duffer brothers and um, so it's more it's more it's, it's more it's more it's more uh, an actual behind the scenes it's more thing. of an actual behind the scenes like in the form of like a round table discussion and it is yeah. you know it is funny but it's not as fluffy as like the sort of Thrones cast and uh, yeah, it's the not, talking they've not got like, like studio that. audience over no 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 no, yeah. no. it is them on set talking about stuff together and you get some really nice insights and the other ones were turning around saying it was all it was always going to be Lucas yeah like it was never for them it was never a question of a will they want, of, of who it was going to be it was always going to be Lucas from the start yeah um, and I think it's a really smart choice because it lets both of those boys come into their own like yeah. splitting them off like having you have Will and Mike now that Will's back, they're very close. Yeah, and and Mike spends most of his time in Will's sort of section of the story, mm-hmm. whereas Dustin and Lucas they don't they kind of fall out, but not to the extent that that um, Mike, and Mike and Lucas, Lucas do in the first season. Yeah. Also, Lucas's sister, <laughs> the yeah. funniest little girl she I have ever seen. She's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um... 
Jesus. I mean, normally I'd say she crossed the line when she stole one of his action figures, but to be fair, she made He-Man funny. So. She, she is ridiculous. <laughs> um, she made He-Man intentionally funny. Um, um, but yeah, it, 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 and it just gives them time. And that's why I think this season has worked so well. It's just giving everyone time to shine. The Dustin um, and Steve relationship, which is kind of born out of necessity. Comes out of nowhere. Cool. I mean, literally, it's yeah. forced in one scene. He arrives and he's like, those flowers for... Well, yeah, because... Okay, yeah, so he's knocking on for um, Mike, isn't he? Because the slug that Will coughs up at the end of season or, or one, presumably the presumably. same slug. Yeah, Dustin cause, cause finds we it. We find out later that there are quite a few oh, of them yeah. out there. In fact, Will's probably spat them up yeah. over the last year. Well, which, which I, was, I was like, I wonder if they're going to confirm that or not. Dustin found something in his bin and, and hid it in his ghost trap from his Ghostbusters costume. That ending. Just over the end credits was like. What? And he, and he feeds it, starts looking after it, and he shows it to the folks, and then it escapes. <laughs> and he pretends that it still escapes because Mike has figured out that it's something from the upside down. And it's yeah. probably dangerous. And he, so. But he sort of formed a bond with it. Yeah, Dart. He calls it Dart. D'Artagnan. Because yeah. it, from a three musket Because they both like three musketeers bars. Yeah, because they. The no one else likes the nougat yeah. apart from Dustin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but of course D'Artagnan is not one of the three musketeers which just makes it yeah. even uh, I was slightly worried that um, they were going to go down the route of like it'll be his loyal friend luckily they, they, they yeah. don't entirely like they, it's less loyalty more it's like oh it's you when, when it comes to the facing off against it in the tunnel toward the end yeah. it's like oh it's you alright alright what have you oh oh that's that shit I like Okay, and then it waits for him to put the chocolate down, and just sort of is like round and round and them. I was I was terrified they were going to take it into like a, it fought off the other ones. No, because no. I'm like no, I don't want I don't want the beings from the upside down to have any compassion. I don't want them to be something I relate to. I want to see some freaky, scary shit. So it turns out that this 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 <laughs> this slug slash well, he calls it the polywog. Uh, yeah, because well, it's that's a, that's it's a kind, it's yeah, it's a, polywog, it's a kind yeah. of animal that you can't you can't identify it. Um, it's similar to like these certain types of tadpoles. It turns out that it's a baby demogorgon. Yeah. Now, did the demogorgon was the demogorgon the same as that last series? I thought it was more. It, no, I I think it's implied that these demo dogs are mm. sort of adolescent versions of what then would become demogorgons. Right. Because I was gonna say the demogorgon. I don't remember the demogorgon having a tail, but that might just be my memory. They become less quadrupedal. As right. They, as they okay. So um, you see when it, it starts but there off was like that the tadpole. Be- there was that beautiful moment because you see it. It's, yeah, it's got that little sort of tadpole-esque yeah. kind of head. Then it's got look like his head looks a little bit like newtish. Yeah. And then you see it hunched over the body of the cat. It turns around it, it eats, and that head unfurls yeah. so into the Dust, fang. Dustin's like, been keeping oh. it secret, and it grows into a demo dog and eats his cat. Yeah. <laughs> so he traps it in his base in. In a basement. Yeah, we saw like a basement just down the yeah. down the end of the yard, isn't it? And then like, got... store, like a storage house, like an old old bunker or something. But of course, the turned. boys are all off dealing with different things, so we can't get hold of the boys. <laughs> yeah. So Steve pulls Steve up. Steve pulls up to try and talk to Nancy, and he's like, "There's flowers for uh, Mister and Missus, whatever." He's like, yeah. "No," and he's like, "Right, she's not here. Come, yeah. come with me. Come with me." He just like, gets what? in Steve's car. Steve was just dragged along. <laughs> Just because like, he still has, you still have the bat. Like, what bat? <laughs> the baseball bat with the nails in it. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, sure. It's like good, we're going. Good. <laughs> it's like okay. And just Steve gets roped into this ridiculous sort of hunt, but and and like then sort of becomes a big brother to Dustin. 
Yes. And later yeah. on, the rest of uh, Max and Lucas as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, because earlier in the series, we get some really nice moments with Jonathan and Will. Yeah. Where like he's reassuring him. He's like, look, you feel different. Don't worry. Like I have felt that too. Jonathan, different, Jonathan, different is better yeah. than boring. Jonathan right. getting to be a big brother to, to, to Will while at the same time sort of coming over his own social awkwardness. Um, and then Nancy and Jonathan and Steve's relationship sort of disintegrating due to well, Nancy maybe not kind actually of, being kind of blatantly first place. admitting while drunk that yeah, yeah there's problems. But at also least, at least on her side. But also the guilt of Barb is kind of like mm. but then she, she bonds with Jonathan and then, and that sort of that sort of dynamic changes. How's the pullout? Oh, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. So sofa. How's the pullout sofa? So and then he drops the egg. Yes! <gasps> yeah. It's so good! Yeah. Oops, God. <laughs> that, the, that, the, the conspiracist character was fucking excellent. Was he in the first series? No. I couldn't recall if no, I'd no, seen no. him or not, but I think, I think my brain was merging him and the teacher. But I think... Because they've got a similar appearance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't get to see as much of the teacher in this series, but he... Oh, they're still quite cool. He yeah, gets a few moments. Cool. Especially the bit where they bring out the trophies. I've got something to show you. Dustin's basically going to show him dark. Oh, yeah. Um... But the first thing he just puts the, the Ghostbusters trap on the thing, he's like, oh, cool, you make it yourself? Yeah, does it work? Like, yeah, it's got... But that, that's not what we're here. <laughs> it's not about the trap. It's not about the trap. Uh. It's what's inside the trap. Um, um, <laughs> I felt bad for the cat. I feel even worse for the turtle. I felt also bad. Where's, where's that fucking tortoise? Where, where is it? Where, I feel really bad for Dustin's mum. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. He sent her out to look, to the, to look for the cat. It's <laughs> series dead already. It's series three. Going to open... With, with Dustin and Steve sitting down with Dustin's mum having dinner oh. and being like, well, we're going to hand out some flyers. <laughs> like series three oh, no, story no, out will be justice she, for the cat. She's got, she's got a new cat at the end. Did she have a new cat? Yeah, because the first one's oh called Muse God. and the second one is called Twos. Because they have a stocking for it hung up and she's stroking the kitten. It's like, oh kitten. my God. Dustin's mum is just so Dustin's mum as oh well. My God. Like she's exactly the mum you'd expect Dustin to have. <laughs> my favourite Dustin moment, weirdly throughout the whole thing, was just in the last episode, just the dance with Nancy. Oh, that was so sweet. Because he's like, he finally plucks up the fucking courage to be like, you know what? Well, I'm alright. Like Steve's he does, so he does the hair. hair done. Yeah. Like Steve tells him the secrets of how you get the hair. <laughs> Which works slightly different when you've got giant curly boff as a natural. He looks setting. like he looks like Buckaroo Banzai. He does. He fucking he's, does. He's got the rolled up suit jacket yeah. and the shirt with the t- uh, with the oh boat, and it's and he looks really cool. He looks cool, like in a retro sort of cheap, like yeah, like in a wouldn't look cool style. today, but looks no. cool in those contexts. But then like he, he plucks up the courage and he goes. He's like, got to try so much strut and confidence, yeah. And they just don't care because he's the weird little nerdy kid, and they're not fussed. Yeah. Cause you, and yeah. it, it sucks because you expect it. Obviously, the trope is like one of them's gonna go, oh, okay, like hi, and they don't. No, it I mean, even Will, down, like, even Will gets asked to dance, and he's zombie boy. Yes, yeah, and he someone gets calls him zombie boy and then asks him to dance, and that's sort of that moment of yeah, you're right, like being normal is yeah. kind of boring. Everyone thinks <laughs> like, that's kind of cool, and then of course you know uh, Lucas has. Uh, Max and they Max dance and have their first kiss. And then Eleven shows and up. Eleven shows up. Like, um, ah. Looking for the first time ever like a little girl. And note it, in some, a, a little detail. Yeah. I did not notice until someone pointed out on, on the web. Oh, go on. The blue ribbon. Well, yeah. So, we- in the flashbacks yeah. to Hopper's daughter dying, yeah. she's wearing a blue ribbon on her wrist. 
And then all the way through the series, yeah. Hopper's wearing it. Yeah. And then Eleven's wearing it at the dance. Oh! <laughs> After the, uh, the the Doctor who survives the, the, the lab, the Paul Reiser, who you never know if yeah. he's going to be bad, I don't know if he's going to be good, turns out he's mostly good. Yeah. Um, like he's working for this shady bunch of yeah. fuckers, but, but he's the clearly same more time. sympathetic and, yeah. and, and reasonable than, mm. than people are. And, and he survives, and then he manages to get papers mm-hmm. identifying Eleven as Jane Hopper. Mm. So she's now Hopper's adoptive daughter. Yeah. Legally. Which means that she can have a shot at a normal life. Yeah. Or normal, as normal as she's going to get. As normal as a psychic CGI um, nosebleed girl can have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, 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 the ribbon bracelet. That's a nice touch. And the fact that they, they very briefly share a kiss, but it's such a first kiss. <sighs> yeah. Like it's even though just, it's not their first like kiss, they sort of I know, but like in that way, it's like they just lean in and like Mike just sort of kisses on her lips, yeah, and she sort of smiles, but it's like I wasn't a kiss, guys. But you're young; you'll figure it out yeah, one day. This is yeah. adorable. Um, um, but yeah, so while that's going on, and Justin's completely Justin's just sat dance-less. on the on the on the bleachers, just sobbing. Yeah, oh, and God. then and then Nancy comes over and. She's, and she had that really sweet moment where she's like, "Of all of, of all of Mike's friends, yeah, you've always been my favourite." And at this age, she would compliment him on his new teeth. Yeah, because he's got his, his front teeth have finally come through. Yeah, um, it's just so sweet. It's just like all series, no one mentions it. Oh, he mentions it constantly. Did he bring- he, he mentions it constantly. He's doing the thing, which is which is not yeah. that's not scripted. That's just a thing getting Matsu out, so kept doing it on set, Fair and enough. they chucked it in because it's funny. Like because there's all the outtakes on the thing on the Beyond Stranger things of him just doing outtakes it. Outtakes in, in Beyond Stranger. Well, I'm gonna have to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like she, yeah, she basically says like you're you're my favorite. Yeah, and she's like girls your age, like at that age, they're they're dicks. Yeah. Like they're gonna they, they will grow up. Give them time. They'll grow up and they'll realise like how amazing you are and what you've got to offer them as a friend and in a relationship. Yeah. Just let them know. But at the same time, obviously her dancing with him is making all the girls sort of be like, wait, what's uh, going on? Because the older girl yeah. is dancing with him. Because she's a senior? Uh, yeah. Ju- uh, mm. No, Steve's a senior. She's the she's a, she's a junior. She's the year below. Yeah, I can't, we don't know what it's called, um, American listeners. Yeah. Your high school it, system is confusing. Steve's, Steve's applying for college. No, hang on. Sophomore when you start. Sophomore, it's freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, he's junior. He's senior. But but either way, like the girls are obviously like, whoa, how did he get an older girl to dance with her? But it's like she's done on purpose. Because Nancy's nice. And nice also, Nancy. There's there's sort of that whole thing of Nancy becoming comfortable with herself. Yeah. Through this whole season and helping Jonathan <clears throat> do that as well, and Steve. Yeah. Like, Steve kind of realises after that sort of first argument that yeah him and Nancy's not working and mm. and he sort of does the Steve, the cool Steve thing and sort of is like <laughs> well yeah I guess that's that's what happens and he sort of doesn't make a thing of it no um, he doesn't chase her up and be like why don't you love me I mean, like he, he's he, like you see him try to bring her flowers but she's gone with Jonathan for most of the season because she goes yeah. and we, tries you, to yeah, expose we this. don't know if he's like yeah. following up to be like let's give it another shot or if he's just like look no hard feelings yeah. maybe you know like Steve is such a nice freaking guy this he's series. Such a, he's such a nice dude. Um, um, speaking of nice dudes. Oh, Bob. Bob. Sweet Bob Newby. Superhero. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, my God. And at the end, the little drawing. Yeah. Um, so, Bob's arc is short-lived. Um, he's Joyce's, Joyce's boyfriend, and they're really 
clearly head over heels and it's adorable. The, bo- the boys like him, although Jonathan thinks he's kind of like a nerd, which is yeah. rich coming from Jonathan. Considering, from, considering from creepy from photos in the like, bushes, Jonathan. Because yeah. um, <laughs> they, they have that great book, that great book where they go trick or treating and he's dressed as Jack and he just goes there. I hope he doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> the boys just like, oh god, get around. Um, and for that first couple, for the first time I did, like he's too nice. He's too nice. So me and my girlfriend are thinking, yeah, he's either. Mm-hmm. He's either a plant by Hawkins Lab to keep an eye on Joyce and Will, mm-hmm. or is attached somehow to the Upside Down yeah, or something, yeah. or he's genuinely that nice and he's not going to make it out of this series alive. Turns Our out survey says he's genuinely that nice and is not, not going to make, make it out. Of and like too. smart as well, like they they, t- they f- it's revealed later on that he founded the AV club at the school. Yeah, when he when he attended. Yeah, and, which obviously was like thirty years ago. <clears throat> um, and he works at Radio Shack and he's good at electronics and he loves puzzles. Yeah. So when Will starts drawing the massive map, so basically what happens is Will gets possessed by what they later term the Mind Flayer, which is this mm, big yeah. Lovecraftian thing that's... Um, the big thing in the clouds. The big uh, squiddy yeah. cloud beastie. Um, it, it's it, it's not like possessed him, but it, it's in him. And it can... Like it's like they're sharing a body, and it's watching. But it's and, and the way that I can't remember the actor's name, but the lad who plays Will. No uh, snap. No snap. Yeah. The way he plays it is superb for an actor of his age because he's clearly playing Will, but every now and again something else is telling him what to say. He's also sorry, I just had to retrieve my phone. That's he's right. a, he's also playing Will. Playing. No, he's playing. He's sometimes playing that creature. He's playing, playing that Will. creature playing Will, yeah. And sometimes he's playing Will, playing Will being told what to say. And sometimes he's playing Will, who's just trying to tell them how he feels because he knows there's something in him and he's trying to describe what it's doing. It's like he gets to juggle so much and he does yeah. so well. But like you say, yeah, it's, it's that thing gets into Will. So Will is inadvertently spying on everything, but he 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 before it sort of establishes a strong enough connection. Will is drawing well, the map out. Yeah. Like he's scrawling what's in his head, what he can see, which turns out wait, first it just looks like a bunch of blue squirrels and squiggles and splats, and then they line it up and they notice the blacks and the browns line up yeah. and and all this, and it's a giant freaking map all around the house, yeah. which had me worried at first. I was like, oh, this is this season's Christmas lights, yeah, like yeah. they've. They're doing it again. But, again, it, you get past that very quickly because you're like, this is a cool visual. All this stuff sellotaped up around the house mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the series. And it's just... And when what Bob realises when he when he sees it yeah. is that it's a map Yeah. Like, they just think, Hawkins, oh, it's a thing. Yeah, and then he figures it out. It's a map of tunnels underneath Hawkins because it turns out... Over at the Hawkins lab, they think they've had the the gate, as they come to call it, under mm-hmm. control, like the rift that goes into the upside down. Nah, nah, bro. Turns out the reason that all the pumpkins and and farms around Hawkins, all the pumpkin patches and stuff, have been decaying, seemingly overnight, is because the gate actually goes down much deeper than they thought, mm-hmm. and it started to grow this 
huge system of tunnels and routes mm. underneath Hawkins. It's got these like roots and vines that have basically yeah. created this network. Um, and you can see them in the walls as well. Like, you can sort of yeah. see there's like a, a, a sort of a, a coiled spring. It's like a slinky. But it's basically alive. Yeah. It's like living decay. Yeah. Everything looks rotted and putrid and... Yeah, and it's like, it's not, it is not, it's not a healthy thing. It but is. it's like, well, why are they building this? Like, why are they doing that? And they sort of realise that it's purposely creating an undercover yeah. way to start leaking out. Like, instead of, saying, instead of one monster getting out and killing people mysteriously like last year... Yeah. Now, stuff can start to leave whenever it wants because it seems like there might be more of sinister machina- like machinations mm. going on now. Well, when Hopper, Hopper realises what's going on and he goes, into, he goes into investigate and nearly gets himself killed. Yeah. like if it basically... wasn't for Bob Newby's superhero, he would have done. Yeah, Bob the Newby's superhero. <laughs> well, it's true, yeah. He basically he ends up part of the floor. Like, you are stuck here yeah. and you're probably going to either die from toxicity or choke yourself trying to escape or something implied by the bones, something's probably going to come along and eat you at some point. I think it's implied that those vines are similar to what was in Barb and Will in the first season. So it might well be the reproductive system of the Demogorgons. Oh, that's gross. So he would have basically style. just become a he would have just become a womb. Then. Yeah. Like it would have used his body to hatch something. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. Fun, fun, fun. That was the stupidest thing Hopper did all season. Well, well, I'm, which is weird because he could have got out of it easier. Fuck the knife. You had a big torch. Like, it was frightened of the heat. You just grabbed your torch and it would have backed the fuck up. Oh, yeah, it's another thing we kind of discovered is that the upside down mm. creatures don't like heat. Yeah. To the point where they managed to burn the mind flayer out of will. Yeah, like they just crank up a bunch of like <laughs> they just crank on the, like, the, the winter yeah. heaters and the radiators and all that stuff and is there a hairdryer amongst in there as well somewhere? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's just like everything they could get. And, and Nancy then... pokes him with a with a uh, poker. Because <clears throat> I think poker. I, yeah, wow, well, well that that'd be the one that actually. Cause I was gonna say I think they kind of realise that it's not Will that's hurting, is it? Like Will can feel he's connected to it. Yeah, yeah. But like this isn't so, like the moment you get rid of this thing, Will's gonna be like, oh god, I'm fine, I'm okay. Uh, apart from the Hopefully. fucking red, they're hot, not sure. Apart from the red hot poker burn, and you, see, you see Joyce having to wrestle with that decision of like. I might have to kill my son to save everyone. Yeah. Or at least watch him die. Because she spends... You, you sort of see her not... Well, she obviously stresses out about it, but you see her not, like, giving to, yeah. to emotion. There is a whole bit where she's like, I need to determine that he's still in there, and then I'll get to worrying about what I have to do next. Yeah. Because she, she's obviously realising, they never spell it out, but she realises that, like, if, if it's, like, 95% that thing... And he's not going to be here for much longer. Then we're going to have to kill him. And like, but and I will like, deal with that when I get like I've already mourned my son. I'm not doing it again. That's why I this. Have to. That's why yeah. this series works so well is because that because of the way it's written and the way it's performed. Mm. Winona Ryder never has to say those words. Nope. You can just tell that's what just she's thinking because yeah. because of the words she does say, and also it's in a performance. It's in a, it's behind her eyes all the time. Um. Before we before we leave it, let's talk about the the other new edition. When, when probably the the episode that we felt uh, that we collectively yeah. felt was the weakest of the series, number eight, Tally, yeah, and her gang in uh, episode seven. In episode <laughs> yeah. seven, you see him in the prologue. Yes, which then, was a really cool prologue. It was really cool. Like Stranger Things, we're back. 
wait, a car chase in a big city? Yeah. The hell's going on? Oh, I don't recognise any of these people. Oh my god, that tunnel collapsed. Oh wait, it only collapsed in his imagination. And that girl's got a tattooed number eight on her wrist. Okay, so I guess we're going to learn more about the uh, the the people that that were alongside Eleven. When Eleven finally runs away from Hopper, she goes to find Mama, who what's implied to be a mother in the first season, mm. confirmed in this season. Terry Ives. Um, she finds out that her real name's Jane. She was born as Jane Ives. Um, and she also finds out what happened to Terry to make her like that. We um, also find out specifically why she says those words. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again. So yeah. Um, you get a flashback to her trying to rescue. Hey, we'd like you back for filming this year. Oh, brilliant! Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we just need you for a week. Uh, we've uh, got a couple shots in uh, in a location, and then we're back in the same location we were last year. Uh, cool. What lines do I have? The same five words. The same five words. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, just, just get memorizing them again. Yeah, yeah. saying them again quite a lot. Um, <laughs> Which then leads her to realise that there's a there's an eight. That was Stranger Things' hold the door, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was their sort yeah, of basically. And now you're really sad. So now she checks <laughs> who she then tracks down and discovers that she's part of a gang. What city is it again? Uh, Chicago, Chicago yeah. Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah Chicago. Yeah. Um, so she finds them, joins up with them. Turns out that this gang is going after all the people who were involved with the original project and killing them, murdering them. Yeah, which which um, isn't like their objectives. They basically rob places and they get by. Yeah. Like robbers, but obviously their side thing is because eight is the one who helps them do all the shit. Yeah. It's like if we do this, you help me do this as well. And everyone's like, yeah, cool, fair enough. Because eight has powers as well, or Callie, she's called Callie. Uh, she has powers as well, but they are not psychokinetic like Elevens. Um, they she can create illusions in people's minds. Yeah. Um, make people see or not see whatever she wants. Mm. Um. So anything from collapsing tunnels yeah. to giant metal gates appearing out of nowhere to go just she, little, little neon butterflies. She shows Eleven Doctor Brenner. That was fucked up. Mm. That, I think that was the one bit in the episode where I went, okay, that was cool, but it wasn't Doctor Brenner's words; it was no. her words, which is why I was a little miffed after that. Although, the words of the Doctor Brenner in that moment held over. So what Eleven accompanies with them to to, to take out one of these people. Eleven loses, I say loses the nerve. She doesn't. She doesn't want to go through it. She doesn't want to kill him. Yeah, because she sees the photo. She sees that he's a father, daughters. and his daughters are upstairs. And, and again, it's the, the, the subtextual thing. It's like yeah. she's going. Yeah, the reason I want to kill him, like I'm about to become him in this scenario. Yeah. I'm not doing this. And she's, and she's like, she wants. She wants to hurt him because he hurt Mama. Hmm. But he's still a person. Yeah, she. And she, you see she, her sort of think. He's, like, he's a human, and she'd deprive his children. <laughs> Of do... a father, which was why she's mad at him in the first place. He was part of the system that took her mum away and from you her. You do see a wrangle with that morality, but mm. also he tells that Dr. Brenner's still alive. Yeah. How? I've no idea. And he might be lying. Hmm. But it does leave us with a hook for next se- for next season going forward. Yeah, because I did think at the end of this one, I was like, what's your tag? Because this series ends with, you know, the looming beastie and the clouds yeah. the upside down. So I'm implying that it's alive... And it's keeping an eye on them as best as it can, or at least it can feel where Will is. So I, I, um, Eleven you know, feeling around for its Will. Eleven basically flees Callie and its mm. and her group, and it's like, no, I'm going back to Hawkins. I'm going back to my friends. They're in danger, and also I'm not sure I'm down with this shit. Yeah. Um. So she <laughs> that's when she rejoins the rest of the group, um. And she manages to close the gate into the upside down. Yeah. So we see, yeah, as you say, the uh, the mind flayer looking for its will. Um, 
that might obviously they name they, they name this this creature after another Dungeons and Dragons monster, which is quite a nice touch. So much to Hopper's confusion. Yeah, it's like it's like that's just a game. This is real. Then Dustin explains everything. Oh and God. They're like, oh, how do we kill it then? It's just it's just like I don't know. It's just a game. Which <laughs> is brilliant. Um, oh God. Um, so yeah. So it seems like. Callie and her gang might be coming and, up and, again. And Eleven's, Eleven's origin will be sort yeah. of the crux of next year. In terms not of like sure D&D how I fun. feel about that. Not sure. I, I don't, well, I'm that's, not, I think that's because yeah. we both felt similar to the, uh, about this episode. We both have a similar vibe. It came... It's the seventh episode of the nine episodes. So you're already building up yeah. to like your finale. And it splits um, up a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like, turn, a, a cliffhanger set around a chasm. It puts a chasm slap back. Well, the the, the, the implication is that, that episode six and seven take place concurrently. Yeah, but uh, or at least or at least episode seven overlaps with with some of episode six and some mm. of episode eight. But the problem is episode six and episode eight, like the stuff going on in in those two. Yeah, is the core plot. The plot has ramped up in this nine hour long movie. Like we're at act three now, and everything just pauses for an hour while everything yeah. goes off on this thing. But then I don't in a story it... that is interesting, but would have worked better earlier in a season. Yeah, the only thing, example. the only reason I think it suffers is because of where it's placed in the season. But then I'm not sure where else you could place it. I'm not sure it well, would have I... broken up in between. Mm, I don't know I think because yeah. then the flow of episodes six and eight wouldn't work, and they wouldn't finish where they do. Mm, yeah, and have that yeah. and have that cliffhanger. So I see why they did it. I'm just not sure it worked for me. Yeah, um, but hey, now. You're an all-star. That's that strange thing. So let's get, get on to on. let's get on to our, our single play. loan email. <laughs> it's a chunky one though. From what I hear. It is a chunky one, um, and of course it's from. Let me guess. Uh, 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 well, um, someone just, without a sinister voice. I'll do, no, someone with the most sinister voice. Oh God, Chris oh. and Matt. Oh, this is wonderfully worded. I assume you've already defecated a section of the cast to Stranger Things Season 2. Clearly supposed to be dedicated, but I like defecated, <laughs> so we'll stick with it. And I also assume you've both watched all the episodes. If not, then save this email for whenever you've finished it. Stranger Things spoilers ahead! That's the spoiler song. Assuming you've watched it now, how did you watch the season? I watched all of it on the night of its release, which I retrospectively regret a bit of how quickly it went. But at the <laughs> time, it was a great experience. I watched it over two nights. Uh, I watched it over yeah. uh, in two, three, in, I think it was, yeah. yeah. In a five-episode and a four-episode chunk. Um Ooh, Who was your favourite new character? I was a huge fan of Billy and his amazing hair, but my favourite has to be Samwise Gamgee himself, Bob <laughs> Newbie. Fucking Billy's beautiful hair, fucking rat died on his head. Um, no, all, all the new characters are great, but yeah, I have, I do have a soft spot for Bob Newbie. Yeah, a very soft spot. Just... Right around the throat. Oh God, no. <laughs> Poor Bob. Poor, Poor sweet Bob. Bob. Taken before his time. Um... Who was your favourite pre-existing character in this season? Mine had to be Steve. Like Billy, his hair completely blew me away, like it did in the original season. Well, Dustin, 
dusting hands down. Yeah, I think in terms, Although, in terms of character development, partly because of his relationship with Steve. So yeah, you know. in terms of character development, like characters from previous series getting better and becoming awesome. Uh, Lucas, just because it was nice to really get to know him a bit better, the series. Um, uh, the, 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 the Hopper, because he's opening up a lot more. Um, but Dustin, man. Dustin. Dustin, Dustin, Dustin my very own Dustin. Dustin. Um, Dustin and his pal Dart. <laughs> what did you think of the demise of Big Beautiful Bob? <laughs> I wept and still haven't recovered. I'm sorry, what's he called? Big Beautiful Bob. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get over Bob Newby's demise. It's creepy. The moment it began, I was like, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? The moment he came through those doors, I thought my he... brain went, no, they've tricked us into thinking maybe he'll get out scot free. They've set it up in an obvious he's going to die way, and then he gets out into that hallway, and you're like, oh, See, maybe was... he'll... No, I was I was unsure. He's, he's not holding on to another character straight right at this moment in time. He's going to be separated. I was unsure <laughs> until the moment he mopped the knock. He knocked the mop over, and as yeah. soon as they lingered on that slow motion, the mop falling, I was like, "Oh, this is he's done. He's done." Bob Newby's um, gone. Yeah. For for me, it was it was once he got into the hallway because then it slows again for a second. Yeah, and it's like. He's at least five meters away from anyone else. He's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, had he burst through and suddenly grab hold, grab hold of like Joyce's hand or something, it'd be like, "There's a chance." Nah, yeah. Nah. Yeah. I, I'm, glad, um, I'm glad they did it from a storytelling standpoint because it, it proved to us that yeah, no fucking around. Yeah, because they didn't kill anyone else off. Yeah, it's like no fucking around. Um, he was, for better or for worse, this season's Bob. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Um, Justice for Bob. Oh, my God! Bob and Bob. <laughs> what was your favourite scene in season two? The railroad mm. tracks with um, Dustin and Steve. Oh, they were just strolling along, throwing yeah. meat on the floor and talking about girls. And hair. And hair. <laughs> that was pretty great. That was do pretty not, great. Do not tell anyone about the fire faucet spray. Oh, my God, yeah. When it's damp, not wet... Damp. Uh, no, there's so much goodness. He's like... <laughs> That's some great dialogue. Everything with um, Hopper and Eleven. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, my, my, my favourite... What I thought my favourite moments are, again, both quiet conversational bits. Yeah. The, the, the Hopper and Joyce conversation in like episode one or two. And then again in episode nine outside. Which yeah. Is like, yeah. Um, the conversation with Eleven in the truck. So uh, in good. episode nine, but I think it might be the entire. I know it's split up a couple times, but it might be the stakeout in the. Uh, yeah, that's pretty great. In the car graveyard, you that's know, like trying law law dart, and then just that reveal of, hang on, there's two. Oh no! Oh, there's there's three. more than two. Oh god! Steve, like, get back in the fucking bus. Because it's like Steve sort of like is braced. You can see shit scared but he's like yeah. I'm gonna protect these kids and I'm gonna beat the shit out of this monster oh oh there's more okay and yeah. of course that's the first time that Max has to just face front deal with oh yeah Lucas isn't bullshitting yeah this is real um like the way that was done and the fact that they comment on why is it like why is there mist <laughs> I think so one of them yeah. sort of says like why is there so much mist <laughs> it's like yeah good point sea mist rolling in um <laughs> <On a> hill 
<laughs> far away from the coast. I feel like the season got progressively better with every episode, apart from Chapter 7, hey, The Lost yeah. Sister. Yeah. Whilst I enjoyed it, I, it felt a bit out of place, and I wasn't the biggest fan of Carly, but I do understand that it's there to world build and set up future seasons. Carly's hair was incredible. Just yes. find that out. I mean... I mean there was I, some good hair in that group. There was also some terrible hair in that group. I think group. if we'd done longer to get to know those characters and he wasn't, and we, we weren't getting taken away from those characters. Maybe what it needed, because they were the opener of the season. Yeah. And then it took so long before to get we back found out what to that them. meant. Yeah. Maybe we just needed one more button around, say, episode four. Mm. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Just, just a bit more of them for the view. Or maybe if every episode had the pre-credit stinger yeah. was with them. Maybe. Because then it'd feel like it had built up to something. But it just kind of came out of nowhere and it came in between six and eight, which was a big cliffhanger moment. And it takes, it takes, you, yes, <laughs> it takes you away from that storyline for an hour. Um, and yeah, you just want to know what's happening to everyone that you care about. Yeah. And these new people. So I think it's just a case of where it came in the narrative was it was didn't. Um, yeah. Didn't, 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 didn't slot it. Didn't slot it. Um, what direction do you think the Duffer Brothers will take the show and its characters when it comes to season three? I think the possibility of Brenner being alive is going to take Eleven to some interesting places. I also think we're going to it's go back to Chicago. Be, we're going to go back to Chicago at some point, and I believe it'll also be partly about Eleven fitting with normal kids and going to school, which leads into the next question and final question. And do you think we will be seeing season three in 2018, or is that too soon due to production time? I think when you work with child actors, you have to get it in production, into production as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, they crank this one out a year after the first, and also, it's built in to the end of the season. Mm. When um, Hopper gets the birth certificate, well, the birth certificate, the adoption certificate for Eleven... Um, and he's talking with Dr... What's the doctor called? Dr. Rowins. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rowins? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, he's saying, look, you're not going to be able to let a ghost out into the world straight away. There's still people keeping their eye on you. Give it about a year. Yeah. Yeah. To which Hopper's like, oh, God. <laughs> but then he manages, he takes her to the, to the snowball, which Mike wants to take her to. Um, regardless, yeah. it takes to that. Implying um, quite pleasantly that it's like he's he's more lenient than he was before. Yeah. And also because there's that tension at the start of the season where Eleven's saying, well, when is... When is when soon? Is soon? Yeah. When's soon going to be? Uh, uh, How long? At uh, uh, 515. Oh, God. She's just... <laughs> just the best. Soon um, as a 5 Millie Bobby Brown is incredible in this. We didn't talk about Millie Bobby Brown. She's... Fucking amazing. Yeah, we didn't talk about her like anywhere near enough. Yeah, she's, she's she's just incredible, and she looks like Ripley more and more <laughs> until she gets the punk makeover in episode seven. But before that, with the curly hair, just looks like Ripley. I'm like yes, eighties. And then she looked like Ripley. 80s. Then she looked like um, number eight in um, yeah in Resurrection. Yeah, <laughs> she had yeah. slick back hair. Um, number yes. eight. Ugh. Number eight. So Ooh. I think number eight. They will get it into production as soon as they can because they've got to keep those. And, it, and I think it'll be set a year after. There's a reason okay. Lemony Snicket is coming out a year after the previous season because yeah. you've got child you've actors. Got to get that stuff yeah. done. Um, the only conflicts that I think holding that up will be those. This cast getting more in demand. David Harbour's doing Hellboy. Uh, Hellboy um, is still in for, still in principle. 
Um, yeah. But it wraps, I believe, because that's why you've not seen much of him during the promotion for yeah. Stranger Things 2. Well, it, like, the Beyond Stranger Things stuff, he, he's, he's, there's a couple of video messages from him in it, but he's not in any of the sit-down interviews because he's, obviously he's off busy doing Hellboy when they were doing it. Yeah. Um, or getting ready to do Hellboy. Yeah, um, But And then, obviously, Finn Wolfhard is going to be going back for some stuff on It Chapter 2. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll imagine not much, but they're still going to need to get him. I wouldn't be surprised if it was principal photography for this kicking off very early summer, so like end of April through to July, again for an October-November release. I think that's that's a fair... And they're very heavy on their practical effects... Less so in this. Less so in this. Well, there was more. Yeah, the the, the demo. Dogs, the demo dogs were all digital. But like they, they they know how to do their practical effects in a way where they would be able to save time by doing a lot of stuff. Like the prep would begin pretty much in December. Well, the demo gorgon was about fifty percent practical in the original. Yeah, and, and then and then like they'd have the team. The teams would have a two or three month gap after principal photography. Well, they said on the on the first thing they didn't really have a team. Oh, men. They didn't need one. Because oh, it was just the demogorgon, more or less, mm. and everything else was practical. And mo- the demogorgon was mostly practical. Yeah, there's been some amazing demogorgon cosplays at mm. the conventions the last few weeks. Um, like there's that one where that person built a trigger in the hand of their costume, huh? and the hand, the, the head unfurls. Nice. It's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> it's really, really like you just you just sort of in the corner of the the videos of them, you just see the hand go like that. Like every time no. the thing opens, it's like, damn, that's amazing. I've also seen a, a demogorgon um, collar for dogs. That's. I mean, I don't know whether to be impressed or terrified at how soon that has been put together. Mm. Then again, it might have been put it together for demo dogs. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they just um, made it for their dog because they were like, this would be funny. <laughs> oh god, I predicted the future. So yes, Stranger Things 2, go and watch it. Yes, do see it with your eye holes. Um, it's on Netflix. Those you can watch the whole thing and it's, it's nine hours of it. Yeah. yeah it's a short it, season. It, it's, it's that beautiful thing as well of it being, because it's straight streaming television, the episode can be as long as it needs yeah. to be. So they're all kept to 45 minutes as much as they can be. But I think there's only a couple that are like 46, 47 minutes. The rest are 50 plus. Uh, like the, the third episode, I think, was like an hour and two minutes. So you get a nice variety, but just binge it, guys. Binge that shit. Binge it or spread it out evenly. Because you've now got, what, was it eight episodes of Series 1? Or nine episodes eight. of Series 1? Eight. So you've now got a, a sumptuous 17 episodes. 17 episodes to sink your teeth into. 17 eps, two big story arcs. And punishes round the corner. Oh my god. You know, I realised, like, oh god, I realised Punisher and Justice League uh, both come out on the Friday I disappear to Lincoln. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to be a fun podcast, isn't it? Well, 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 I've got the Saturday and the Sunday free. And I'm already going to be there. Well, I guess I know what you're doing on Saturday and Sunday. So Friday night, I'll probably see Justice League. Saturday and Sunday, I'll probably binge Punisher. And we'll probably record the pod on the Sunday ahead of the Friday. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh... Don't do that. Well, we better rest up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll yes. be going now. As always, you yes. can get us bigdamncontact at gmail.com or at bigdamcast on Twitter. Please do share the show with your friends. We can't do more if we don't get bigger. And let us know what you think. Keep those emails coming in. Keep an eye on the YouTube channel, Big Damn Channel on YouTube for more video stuff. Me and Chris have just started um 
a uh, spinning out of our tricks and treats Halloween stuff. We're gonna we're doing a playthrough of Until Dawn at the moment. Um, <laughs> Chris is gonna feature in every episode, but you've joined me for the first two. Um, yes, and hopefully uh, at least the fourth. We'll see. We shall see developments um, that I want to witness your reaction to. Yes. So that'll um, be fun. So thanks. Yeah, for and, listening, uh, and we'll see you next time. But remember, remember, we should always end with more. Yeah. Uh, remember, guys, there's nothing wrong with being the winner, Scoopy. No. There's nothing wrong with being the winner, Scoopy. You see shit, they'll turn you white. <laughs> <laughs>